What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO Project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
like this. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Hey there, Big MX fans. Here's your uh, host, Brad Gebhardt. And on this particular episode of the Big MX Radio podcast show, we have on motocross legend Al Dick. Two-trick Al Dick is on the podcast, and we talk about just about anything. Um, his mechanic days with Darcy Land, as well as uh, Blair Morgan, um, spinning the wrenches on his own bikes as a young privateer in the sport after taking the school, uh, Canadian Schoolboy Championship in 1979, and then being an absolute force in the uh, in the 80s, uh, mixing it up with guys like Ross Rollerball Peterson, racing those uh, California classic races um, that uh, we hear so much of in the 80s and stuff like that, banging bars with... Uh, the likes of Goat Brecker and, uh, and Jim Hawley, and uh, he really goes into detail on some of those stories. So I really, really hope you guys enjoy this one. Uh, as always, if you want to reach out to me on social media, it's uh, Twitter, Brad, Geb- Brad G MX 95 on Twitter, and uh, my email is bradgebhart88 at, at gmail.com, and uh, you can also find me on Instagram. If you don't already follow me, bradgebhart88. Uh, let, let's let's communicate on there. Let's connect, and uh, I hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts. Please give me some feedback or some requests if you ha- if you have someone in mind that you'd like to uh, hear from, or if you have some technical questions that I could possibly ask a, a mechanic that comes on the show. Uh, that would be great as well. Um, always willing to help, and uh, hopefully that you guys are enjoying these. Now, here's my podcast: an hour long conversation with the great Aldick. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing and FMF Racing, respectively. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with the on the line, a Canadian motocross legend, two-trick Al Dick. How's it going, Al? Oh, doing great. Thanks so much. Gotta ask, and I'm sure there's plenty of American, listen- American listeners who are listening right now, and they got one eyebrow raised, who... Who's Two Trick and who's Al Dick? But uh, they, maybe they, they don't know of the knockdown drag out wars of, of the 1980s. But uh, how does someone get uh, a nickname like Two Trick? Um, well, I guess in the late 80s, there's a lot of uh, nicknames. Uh, yeah, Rick John, Rick John, you know, Johnny O'Mara and all those guys had nicknames. Ross Peterson is Rollerball. And uh, so it was kind of a good good way to brand yourself. Uh, nowadays, you have social media to get your name out there, but uh, that's basically how it started. You figure, you know, what would be a good name and people will remember. A lot of times, uh, I remember someone was driving my vehicle to one of the races and they went through Saskatchewan and and the guy, he pulled over at 7-Eleven and someone, uh, there was kids in there going, oh, it's two trick Dick. You know, they see, see the, the box van and, so it uh, kind of helped promote myself way back then. 
Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, uh, it, it's a pretty trick nickname, and you've kind of you've carried it forward into uh, into a successful business as well. Um, but before we get into that, like, uh, l- l- let's get some particulars here. Um, a, a guy who's who's captured multi Canadian championships, both in, uh, in in a triple crown winner, and for and for those who don't know what that is, is that uh, back in the good old days of 1989, there was three championships to be won in Canada: the 125s. 250s and of course the 500s you were able to capture all three to, uh uh alan if you could can you quickly touch on that year for me because it sounds like it was a pretty special one yeah for sure uh just the year earlier in 88 uh i won uh my first title uh in austin in a 125 class and with all the combined points 125 250 and 500 i was also national champion and everything uh, the following year in 89, yes, I, I won 125, 250, and 500, so automatically I obviously am national champion. But I believe I was the only other rider that, uh, other than Ross Peterson to, to do that feat. So, uh, that you are. So, uh, and, yeah. And, and, and you had, like, like the, like, the, uh, the, the Montreal, or, like, the, 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 uh, Toronto Maple Leafs have the Montreal Canadiens, and Al Dick has Ross Rollerball Peterson. Like there would be a whole lot more championships won if not for that guy. Uh, those two, your your uh, careers literally laying over each other ever so nicely. But uh, like you 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 had a formidable oppo- opponent the entire time of your your career, and uh, the two of you guys uh, went tooth and nail. Yes, yeah. Unfortunately for me, I had to race against Ross. Um, you know, great guy. We got along really good. Um, we we met, uh, seen each other again uh, this year at the Legends uh, event in Austin. I was yes, awesome sir. to see him again. But uh, yeah, racing with Ross definitely uh, made it very tough. Uh, my one of my biggest downfalls was one of his his uh, greatest attributes, and that's he he was in shape and I wasn't. You know, uh, I had to. I came from not too much money. Uh, I was it was all about me. My parents didn't uh, support me financially. I started at 15 years old. Wow! And so uh, it was tough. So I had to you know try to have a job. You know after school at 16, uh, I worked at a dealership. So I built bikes, and then Saturday built bikes. Sunday I raced, and so I lived, breathed motocross. But the the problem is I didn't have enough time to manage my bikes, and then when I turned pro, you know, I had to pay for a mechanic, uh, stock all the shelves for tires and all that kind of stuff, as well as train. Uh, I, I became a really good mechanic on my bikes because, you know, obviously, if you don't maintain your bikes, that's going to cost you more money. And so I think that's that's probably one of the downfalls of riders nowadays. They don't, they're not in tune with their motorcycle. Totally uh, they don't. They, they don't they don't work on them uh, where I had to if I wanted to make it and uh, so the thing that that lacked in my program was training and that's what that's I believe why Ross you know was so successful he uh, he focused on that a lot so yeah 
Absolutely. The guy was not uh, was a hammerhead and uh, a technician on the motorcycle, as well as being uh, just so physically fit. He was strong in those long motos. And uh, and we're not talking 35 plus two. You guys are going long over over 40 minutes per moto six times a day. Um, like uh, I'm sure you're being modest in the fact that you said you're not in shape. But you have to be in you need to be in pretty damn good shape to, to ride those races uh, at any speed, regardless uh, um Ross was just a, a cut above as far as fitness went, and uh, a lot of that had to do with uh, his time that he spent down in the states, and honestly, just that work ethic. Um, w- like, w- was that uh, a part of your your program as well to go down to the states and and either r- r- race the uh, the Florida Winter Series or uh, the, the the California Series that was uh, was prevalent at the same time? Um, what, what did you do in the off season? Because uh, winter's here, and I'm sure it was the same story back in. Uh, 1981, 82, and all the way through the 80s. Yeah, uh, actually, I went to California in January, February. Uh, it was probably it was it was the biggest uh, series in the whole the entire world. Actually, we we'd have world champions come to to, to those events. All the factory riders. Yeah. Um, pro- my, some of, yeah, some of my biggest wins was actually uh, California Winter Series. I. Uh, uh, I think I think it was the first round, April '88, or um, I was on the cover of the Dirt Bike Magazine uh, posters. Uh, April showers. <laughs> it was a mud race, and <laughs> I, I, was, I was pretty good in the mud. And yeah, I, uh, I ended up winning that one. I ended up winning a California Winter Series. Uh, oh, a few years later in the '90s. Uh, so, yes, uh, that's what I would do. Start. Uh, Luckily for me, back then they had, uh, uh, let's say, they had Honda money or Yamaha money, so I could uh, make some money to going down there and help kickstart my year in Canada. Yeah, Yamaha bucks; uh, those were huge. I think uh, I'm fairly certain that Jim Holly might have like bought bought in a, a couple of houses with Yamaha bucks. Um, what was it like heading down there with uh, some white and red uh, Yamahas and seeing all those uh, yellow ones down there, and, uh, and 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 battling it down with the the, Amer- the American guys on their home soil? Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. They definitely knew you were different, and uh, so definitely set us apart. Yeah. I some of my fondest memories. Uh, it was kind of a funny story. Maybe off the topic, I, I was riding with Nolene, and I would go down there and help them other at the shop. So sometimes I'd be working on their factory riders' bikes. <laughs> then we'd go race at the California Winter Series, and I'd I'd go beat them pretty badly. So it was always a a, a thing at the shop where the workers and the owner would be on my side, and we'd be looking at those riders, thinking, you know, what's your problem, you know. <laughs> Having this flunky beat you, so that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you guys, you were on the gas in a big way uh, down in California. Um, how important was that to your progression, uh, seeing the speed down there and just the the seat time to stay on the motorcycle because um, uh, up here in Canada that seems to be a big issue with riders that uh, you don't really seem to get into mid season form until uh, well, honestly, mid season is usually around late July, early August, and then uh, about eight weeks later, you, you wrap up the bikes and you, you put them away and you, you think you start thinking about pulling out the sleds. Um, like, uh, how, how important was riding in the winter for you uh, to the how much speed you were going to bring to the Canadian Series every year? Um, I think it was super important. Like, for us in BC, uh, I remember back then, a lot of times, we could ride all year long. So, 
but going to California, it helped my psyche thinking, you know, I can compete with these guys. Uh, it, and I did, that was basically my training. When I came back to Canada and then started the Nationals, during the Nationals, I never rode at all because, like you said, the motors were really long. Uh, but I always had to like, rec- recuperate it during the week, and I had already done my riding uh, before the season started. So nowadays, pe- <laughs> people do it do it a little different. Um, you know, they only do two motos, so they're not so worn out. Um, a lot of guys go to California um, still, or they're starting to go back there, but. Uh, yeah, that definitely was a big part of uh, my racing was going down there, and that uh, kickstarted everything for sure. For sure, like not just going down there and riding and, and practicing and testing, but also going down there and racing, getting those vital gate drops, getting that race pace up, so that when the gate drop for the important race for the Canadian Series, uh, that you're you're already in uh, kind of almost like you're you're in you're almost like stepping onto a treadmill. You're you're already moving. Um, do you find that uh, like I, I I seem to have found that just in the last. I, honestly, in the last 10 years or, or more, um, a lot of riders go down, uh, Canadian riders will go down to the States, they'll do some riding, they'll do some practicing, but they don't do a whole lot of racing or, or get some gate drops, and like you don't see a lot of guys entering Supercross races. Of, of course, we're going to see a little bit of that this year with uh, with Jess Pettis heading down there, but uh, you, has that been something that uh, you'd like to see more of um, with riders, uh, Canadian riders going down and trying their hand at racing the Canadian series or American series uh, like uh, like Supercross, uh, of course. Nowadays, the, uh, the that California Winter Series that you raced isn't no longer around, so they don't quite have that opportunity. But I, I personally would like to see more Canadians uh, uh, going down and and making a go of it. Yeah, well, I definitely think they're missing out. Uh, the gate drops are really important, especially the outdoor stuff for our outdoors. As far as Supercross goes, I mean that's a, that's a different 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 animal for sure. Like, when I would go down and race Supercross down there, we didn't have Supercross here. So I got there, and man, alive, I uh, I, was, I was shit my pants because those jumps were just <laughs> massive. <laughs> and uh, here, here's a story on that one. Okay. I'd go down there, and uh, I'd practice in the Supercross. And then first qualifier, I, I wouldn't do that good because I wasn't jumping the big jumps, and I was just too afraid. And then finally, I, I get this whole shot in the semi, and then I come, here's a triple, and I go, well, i got to do it, and then I freaking do it, and then I'd qualify. <laughs> but what a horrible way to, uh, to race. And uh, if, if we by had, fire. Yeah, if we had Supercross here, yeah, I'd totally recommend go down there and practice some Supercrosses and stuff like that. Um, I think I think a lot of our guys don't go down there because we don't have Supercross here. So you practicing yeah. Supercross isn't going to help our outdoors. Uh, True. And it's it's a big risk too. You know the the, the sponsors are putting big muck, bucks in their riders, so they probably sign a contract saying, "Oh, you're just riding in Canada. You know we don't want you risking injury, and then all our money's out the window." So I don't blame them for not. There's there's no incentive for them to do that. But in at the same same thing uh, they're not becoming better riders and i know like our riders they'd be top 10 there in their series top five even and be have bigger names make more money but you know it, it's a big risk financially um that's a, one of the reasons i didn't 
continued the whole entire series down there because I didn't have any financial backing, and if I injured myself, that might have been my career. So that's why I only dabbled in it, in it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You want to stay where your your uh, your where your meals are are being uh, collected at. Uh, racing up in Canada, and uh, yeah, of course, Supercross totally different discipline altogether. I can only imagine going down there on uh, on, on slightly stiffened uh, uh, motocross suspension, trying to race against the factory pros even back then, and and now honestly, even if you did have uh, Supercross suspension, of course, you'd have to have that. But uh, um, just a different skill set, a different. Uh, um, just like you, you, totally different way of riding the motorcycle, and uh, honestly, we see that with a lot of riders who uh, have have a hard time switching from from Supercross to uh, to Nationals once those things drop in uh, in the early in early June. But uh, yeah, I, I, personally, I like I just I, I love the idea of getting more gate drops, more racing, and uh, just like um, having a huge gap between, uh, the finish of one, of uh, the one Canadian national series and the start of the next one just puts a big donut hole in the, uh, uh, in, in the year, so to speak for, for fans to get excited about it and stuff like that. I think, um, there's, there's a lot of benefits to riders, uh, going and doing some more riding down there. But now we got this triple crown series where we're pretty much going to be racing around the calendar, my friend. So, uh, I guess that that's totally out the window. Yeah, well, definitely. If you if you want to go for the big uh, prize money, the, yeah, teams are going to have to get their riders more prepared for sure. But uh, I know um, I, I personally, I'm, I'm starting a team a team up this year called Sky Racing. It's a helicopter comp- company, so uh, yeah, it's going to hopefully it's going to bring a lot of a lot of excitement to our series, and uh, not this year, but hopefully uh, next year we'll be participating in the whole entire series not just the outdoor nationals so looking forward to the season hey everyone let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly then we'll be right back to the podcast thanks for listening FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entiknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as TheCollectiveEX on Instagram, is where you can find the collective experience. Do so immediately. The collective experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... You better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. It's a racing man, but more than five. 
Cereal B's Amigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, talon and kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a lickin' and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market, from supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses clear lenses, 10-packet tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the Viral brand. Well, there you go. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. I've seen the like, Instagram and Twitter have been all, have been a buzz with uh, with Sky Helicopters posts, and, uh, and I've been excited to hear hear a little bit more about that. Uh, how did that come about, and uh, how did you guys steal the show at the most recent uh, showing of Moto Nine, the movie in Abbotsford? 
Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, for, for myself, it was started about two months ago. Uh, I just thought about, you know, talked to my wife and said, you know, I think I, I should go across Canada do suspension. You know, there's uh, even some of the top uh, teams are needing suspension services and stuff like that. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that this year. Um, because last year I helped a rider named Jonah Britons uh, do three rounds. Uh, and then uh, I thought, you know what? Well, I'm doing suspension. Why don't I might as well put a team on? <laughs> so uh, uh, a friend of mine named Andrew Westland, he, uh, uh, we've been friends for about 25 years, uh, had a co- has a company called Apex Wireless, um, and he's right into dirt biking, uh, loves the sport. So I figured, you know what, um, I always thought, you know, the rock star and the helmets and the monster, I thought the sky was so cool that uh, that's what we want. I, I envisioned sky riders <laughs> with the sky on their helmets, and uh, so I mm-hmm. approached him. And he, he's listening to my, my pitch, and he's thinking, and then it dawned on him, uh, he says, well, oh, I uh, mean, and, and basically goes, oh, like a sky team, and he was so pumped, and uh there it goes. We started uh, this team, and so first, uh, so now, now I have Sky behind me. Uh, now the next thing I have to do is get a dealership, and um, had a few dealers in mind, and approached Whole Shot Racing, and they were totally on board. And so now it's going to be you know Sky Whole Shot Racing or Whole Shot Sky Racing. That's the next thing that we have to figure what the name is going to be. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, there's that, and so now uh, I'm going out trying to figure out what riders are going to have. So it's uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool to to be starting this team. I think we're we got a lot of time. Uh, I our, our looks going to be also different. Not only are we an outside sponsor, but um, I'm going to be going across Canada in a sprinter van, and you think, oh, it's just a small little sprinter van. Well, this thing is totally set up for everything. As well, we're having this European awning. It's like going to be like a big rig awning. It's going to come off the side and wrap around the awning, and it's going to be really cool. So, you know, we'll we'll have a not as big a presence as uh, every, as the big rigs, but you'll notice us, and uh, we'll we'll have a different look, and we'll look really cool. And uh, yeah, as far as the the Moto Nine movie. Uh, I didn't realize that we went. To, we went and watched this this last weekend, and uh, then the sky helicopter comes and drops Chris Foster and another guy down, and for, you know it, it was the best part of the whole show by far. It was it brought a different aspect than just uh, racing. It was really cool to see uh, this helicopter do that. So I was totally excited about that. So if you get a chance, go watch Moto Nine. The very last uh, segment is. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to think it's the best, just like all of us did too. No doubt, I'll have to check that out, and uh, of course, we've had Chris Foster on the show before, awesome guy, uh, very well-spoken young man, uh, Canadian BC native, uh, pretty good at getting the bike upside down, sideways, backwards, whichever way he, he decides to get it, um, but uh, that, that's really exciting about your team, man, build it and they will come, and uh, like... Uh, Great to see that uh, whole shot racing uh, jumps on there, and uh, um, and, and they're they're going to be a great supporter of you guys. And then uh, now you got to kind of um, piece it together with uh, some aftermarket bolt-on parts, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, as far as chassis suspension, uh, I think you, you've you've got a, a guy in mind that might know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, we have uh, Joe Skid, SSS Superior Suspension Settings in the East. Uh, I do two trick suspension here in the West, and I also do Joe's stuff in in in, in the West. So, 
as far as the motorcycle, Whole Shot has uh, all brands. Uh, well, they have KTM, um, Suzuki, Honda, and Yamaha. And uh, we're very lucky to be riding the new CRF 250. And um, I just rode it this last week, and uh, Jonah Britton's came out and ride it, rode it. A few other guys did, and we were just blown away. Uh, you know, people are saying, oh, it's not powerful enough and stuff. And the thing was just, it was so good. It was amazing. Nice. Like the, yeah, the brakes, the the shifting. It was like, I'm used, I rode a Husky, and the thing would pop out of neutral sometime. It would pop into neutral, and this thing was just like, like my old Honda's, where you don't use the clutch, you just hold the gas on, and... It, it was handling was unreal, so we are super excited about it. And ride, riders who uh, thought it would be down on power, it's not going to take much to be the best bike out there. The, the, the thing's awesome, so we're uh, we're hoping Honda eventually comes on board too. Uh, uh, right now, it's just whole shot in sky. So uh, if Honda came on board, it was cool. I'm sure when uh, all the manufacturers see our look and the way we present ourselves, they're uh, going to want to come on, onto our team in the future. So, hey, oh, oh, also another thing. Uh, Andrew at Sky saying, "Al, I see you doing a couple teams, and so don't don't be surprised in a couple of years if you see that." Uh, no two doubt. Trick having having a couple teams. So yeah, it's exciting. Two trick having a couple of teams. Like like yes, you just almost do it uh, Chaparral style. Well, if you got a whole shot uh, racing behind you, you got a Honda on the track, you got a Yamaha on the track, you got a, Cal- uh, you got a Suzuki on the track, a Honda on the track, you got every- everything out there, um, different, uh, same graphics, but different machine, uh, and, and various uh, degrees of, uh, of dominance. I think that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, we'll have battles between ourselves. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just battle for the podium among- amongst yourselves, and everyone else can, uh, can deal with the rest. Yeah, exactly. In the, in, yeah, during the year, we're enemies. In the end of the year, we all get together and have a party, right? <laughs> there you go. But uh, um, like the the mechanic side of things for you, uh, like although probably maybe didn't come naturally, but uh, by the fact that you had to work on your motorcycles, you did become a very very successful mechanic, and that carried forward uh, after your racing career into some uh, some some spinning the T handles for a couple of top fright flight pros the most notable of which being uh darcy lange my first ever favorite racer uh he he was he fell short of a championship the day that uh that that i watched my very first motocross race i believe that was in uh, the year 2000 at uh at grunthal and uh yeah that that ever since that particular race day i I, i've Loved Kawasaki's, loved Darcy Lange on a one twenty on a uh, racing back then. It was both one twenty five and two fifties, and uh, I believe you were spinning the wrenches that year. I believe I believe I was, yeah, and uh, that was very uh, a cool time for me. Uh, it, I was lucky enough to be at the beginning of his career. Uh, I just retired racing, and uh, he was super super talented um, arena cross rider. Uh, we got to go down to Tacoma, actually, and he won his first AMA uh, arena cross race. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to do a suspension and help him with uh, po- on pointers and stuff like that. Not like like he needed it, but, <laughs> um, yeah, that was an exciting time for sure. Uh, I, I, maybe the Grunfall race that you were at, we had issues on a 125 that day. Uh, he rode 125 and 250. And uh, it was a, it ended up being the vortex ignition, you know, got a little bit of moisture in it, and I had the top end off the whole bit, and finally we, we figured it out, luckily, but 
at uh, I think it was coming down to a championship for him and uh, Sean Hamlin, and, uh, and right. Hamlin ended up beating him out. But uh, yeah, it was it was pretty, an exciting time for sure. No doubt, uh, we're working on those bikes, and then I think believe that the following year, uh, Darcy actually was uh, was given uh, basically a full factory setup um, from like from from like from like Mitch Payton down in uh, in California. Uh, how did that all come together? And then unfortunately, uh, he comes up just points short again, losing the championship the following year to uh, Brad Hagseth, which uh, I think as far as Canadian motocross goes, I don't think anyone is more uh, um, snake-bitten than, uh, than Darcy Lynch. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I was with Darcy the next year. I ended up going uh, with... Mm. Yeah, no, I know. I might have been. I, I, because I, I remember I was with Darcy. Then I went to Blackfoot on the team with Blair Morgan, and then I went to, with Blair Morgan on Yamaha's. But um, yeah, I'm not sure about what happened that year. Uh, you know, Hagstaff also had a great year. Um, I think one of Darcy's, in my opinion, his things he he needed to improve on would have been his uh, physical part, and he reminded me of myself. You know, he was super talented. And uh, if he was in better shape, uh, he would have been unbeatable. Uh, kind of like uh, McGrath. I mean, when I was racing, I remember in ha- Hangtown National, I be I got like 16th both motos, and who was behind me? Jeremy McGrath, both motos, 17th. <laughs> and that same year, Jeremy McGrath won the Supercross in the 125. Yeah, so, right. so there you go. Like here is obviously the most talented rider. I just beat him. <laughs> we were 16th and 17th. You know, not too good. And yeah, out, possibly but, not on the lead lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were. I think we just didn't get lapped barely. Okay. And then here uh, he goes and wins Supercross. Just and remind me of Darcy. Same thing, you know. So, yeah, Darcy uh, uh, ripped off how many championships and how many main events in, in the oh. arena cross uh, world, and uh, um, couldn't uh, couldn't uh, get the the fitness. Or, or the uh, the consistency to work outdoors, but yeah, well, absolutely uh, a technician on the motorcycle, and uh, he just did he did he did all the good things right as far as the arena cross went. Yeah, exactly, and I think a lot of those indoor riders are most people's favorite, right? Because they hey, had a talent, they could throw the bike around, and they look cool. And you know, Darcy was a really cool guy, and uh, is a cool guy. So yeah, it was exciting times for sure. Yeah. Absolutely no, work, working with it, and then you were also you also uh, spun the wrenches for uh, Blair Morgan, uh, and in when he was running, I believe that was number two. Yes, or yeah, yeah two on a on a. Uh, that's when uh, he was riding for uh, Morgan Racing, I believe. Yeah, he was actually on Blackfoot, and okay, uh, yeah, that's right. Very dominant years. Blackfoot, you know, was one, two, and three <laughs> most of the years. And, uh, yeah, we always had, uh, and that was the time JSR was there. So JSR, uh, he was pretty, you know, dominant. Uh, Blair would win a couple overalls and stuff, so that was exciting. And, uh, you know, I think JSR, he was, you know, he was a pretty awesome rider. And he just focused on motocross. Blair had, a, you know, the snow cross in there. So, uh, yeah, JSR just beat him out most, most of the time. But it was, that was exciting also, working for Blair. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, like when they switched from Hondas to Yamahas, and that was kind of a whole big thing when uh, the the team switched. Uh, what were the riders' uh, opinions of that? Because uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, those Hondas were really hard to beat. Those were good bikes. Yeah, they were. Um, 
Yamaha had a pretty good bike too, you know, with the 252 stroke. But uh, you know, I think switching teams and Blair's team was a new team. Uh, everybody was, had to had to learn. Um, you know, you're behind the eight ball right there to start with. So uh, you know, it it took a little bit getting used to. And you know, Blackfoot had such an amazing program; it was, it was pretty hard to beat those guys. So you had to have your A plus game to even come close. So that's, that's the way that that went. Yeah. Totally true, my friend. Now, uh, so you currently run uh, two trick suspension, and um, for those who don't already uh, already know, uh, what uh, what kind of services do you do you uh, provide with that? Like, whether it be like a full revalve, uh, regular suspension service, like what what kind of uh, extra special treatment can you bring to somebody who brings their motorcycle to you? Uh, well, two trick racing, as well as Joe. Um we started back in 1988 winning titles at Austin, Manitoba. There you uh, go. That's, that's when we started doing it. We did customer stuff in the next year, 1989, so we are the winningest combination motocross. We have the most championships in, in history of Canada. Nothing's even, nobody's even close. But we, we still have that, uh, the, you know, awesome settings, the revalves and stuff like that. Uh, me personally, I uh, also do the KYD conversion kit which uh, goes on the WP forks, Huskies and KTMs. Uh, it's kind of like getting a cone valve fork, but uh, you'd ha- it's like having Yamaha forks with the revalve on your front end. And uh, those things are unreal. But, and they're, you know, less than half the cost of a uh, cone valve, which cone valve forks are like 5000 where you can get the KYB kit in the Yamaha, in a KTM for... On the air fork would be uh, about twenty two hundred bucks because you need springs, and then if you have a four CS fork, uh, the the conversion kit for that would be about uh, two thousand. So, wow, that's, well, uh, that's, I have to save up my beans and get that four CS fork over to you because uh, I have a two thousand sixteen two fifty two stroke from KTM, and uh, I think uh, I think a couple of hockey sticks would handle better uh, uh, in my yeah. front end than. Than that for that fork, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm making do as, as as of right now. Yeah, those are just brutal, uh, very bad. And also, what uh, SSS uh, had, they had Benoit, all the, all the KTM teams, and they profile their forks. Um, like KTM forks, uh, the uppers and lower tubes have been the same for ten years. You can get a ten-year-old bike and put it on your bike. You just have to change the bottom lug. Uh, but they're made like tanks. They're really heavy, and we machine them to make them have flex like uh, Japanese bikes. And, uh, yeah, Benoit won all his titles in the 250 class with a, 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 with that uh, profiling, uh, as well as, his, you know, we can get uh, the, uh, the anodizing and the DLC on the bottom, stuff like that, to help that out a lot. So that's the other trick stuff we do. Well, there you go. And uh, and where can people find more information? Where can people contact you to uh, to get some service done, get their 4CS uh, fork completely figured out so that they can uh, go into corners uh, a little bit less reluct- reluctantly? Yeah, in, in BC and West here, uh, it's trickracing.com And uh, in the East, uh, I believe Joe has uh, superior suspension settings, uh, just a one-page with his address, and you can find his phone number on there so Perfect. yeah if you want if you want the best and uh, you know most people you, you go buy get suspension 
and like you, you, you're spending money to make your bike better. Why not just get the best? I mean, um, ask yourself: uh, Is the suspension you're using have they ever won a national title? And then ask yourself: Why haven't they? You know. So. <laughs> That's totally you, true. Yeah, you, you you hit the nail on the head there, my friend. Um, and then yeah, like you guys are the the gold standard as far as service in Canada, and you guys uh, quick turnaround as well. You guys get it, get it in and out as quickly as you can. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Usually one, one or two day turnaround, and uh, you're on the track again for sure. Oh man. Well, uh, that, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, Al, it's been a it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, and we'll definitely make you a repeat offender to uh, talk more about um, uh, sky helicopters as well as uh, whole shot racing that team that's that's uh, being. Uh, piece together as we speak and uh but i do appreciate you uh uh taking my call in the uh cool cool uh light of the morning here you're at seven o'clock in the morning your time not just after nine o'clock my time uh here in here in winnipeg but uh it's been a pleasure to have you on the show man yeah great thanks for having me and uh we will hope to see everybody at all the nationals across canada this year and uh, i'll be providing suspension services uh also so uh our team race and then get your suspension done also absolutely yeah maybe i'll have to uh, take the the forks off my bike and uh, maybe show up to abbotsford uh maybe a couple of days early so that uh or maybe leave a couple of days late so that you can help me out with those things because uh the 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 first canadian race of that triple crown series is going to be in your backyard my friend yeah and we will be at that arena cross probably one of the only uh non-outdoor races we will be at so yeah that'd be great okay. to see you and uh, i would take care of you the same day obviously coming from uh, out of province so that's all good yeah boom well i do appreciate that man it's always a pleasure to chat with you uh on or off the golf course when we were uh when we were in austin but uh we'll make this a a a, a more frequent thing as, as we go forward and i really appreciate you making the time great yeah thanks so much for uh, calling and uh, take care of everybody out there Absolutely. Don't hang up just yet there, uh, Al, but uh, for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.